All righty, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, perfect. So just feel free to introduce yourself to the people and let them know who you are. All right, I go by the name Topic NYC. I represent Federal District Records, new artists, come up and coming. I'm originally from Mount Vernon, New York. I reside in Atlanta, GA. And you can find me on um, IG. You can find me Topic NYC underscore federal. And you also find me on Facebook, um, Topic NYC. And you can also find me on soundcloud.com backslash Topic NYC. Awesome. So uh, I just want to jump right into it. You know, what what has your journey been like coming into the industry being an upcoming artist? I'll tell you like this. um, It's been a real, it's been a roller coaster. I I can describe it just like that. Um, I started out in two, really, really, I really started out 2011. I've been writing since, I guess, since I was 20 years old. So, you know, it's been a roller coaster. You learn things every day about the industry. The industry changes every second, minute, hour. You know, it used to be cassettes, then it was CDs, and now it's, you know, streaming. Streaming is the big thing right now, so. You definitely got to learn the business aspect, too, because it's very important. It's what they say is 90% business and 10% music is very true. There's a lot of things that you got to do before you put out good music. So, yeah. So, you know, like since you've uh, been putting out music, you know, I've taken the time to listen to some of your uh, some of the music you dropped, and one thing I really appreciate about you is that like, you really – I feel like, like there's a sense of honesty from you. So I want to ask you, what is your writing process like when you get in the studio and just like how do you write your music? Um, it's it's kind of crazy because <laughs> it's funny because whenever I'm in the studio and I hear either three or four beats, I write three or four lines in my head from each song. And... Pretty much, I focus on the one that I got, and then the I just drop next and next, next, next. I've always been the person that just really just thought ahead. You know, sometimes it can be a great thing, sometimes it it can be a curse, but I, I embrace it all. Though my writing process is always, you know, I try I like to try different things. Sometimes I like to just go on top of the head. Sometimes I write it down. Sometimes I just, you know, it's just, it. I just do everything. So uh, basically, I just. So, you know, like, in doing that, do you feel like you've just, like, developed this muscle where you just, like, work on multiple songs at the same time? Yeah, because I just, um, working on multiple. I have a, my creative process is just, like I said, I always thought ahead. So whenever I hear a beat, I know what I'm going to talk about on this one. And sometimes I hear another one. Sometimes I know what I'm going to say on this one. What I try to do is if I come with a hook, I try to capture that right then and there because sometimes it just goes away. You don't have that same feeling. So I just, like I said, I just do the best that I can. So... Like uh, like you just said, like, you know, um, you, you're representing uh, New York and at the same time you reside in Atlanta. And I, w- I want to ask you, because, like, to me, the biggest music scenes um, happening are 
Atlanta, LA, New York. Not in any particular order, but like to me, like that's where a lot of like music hubs are everywhere. They're always developing, but to me, those are the big three. What's it like, you know, being able to to kind of be in both scenes? Like, what's that feeling like? You know, can you can you explain how both scenes contrast and compare? Uh, being in both cities, you get to embrace the culture. And what I mean is the hip-hop scene in New York is very diverse. It's starting to shift over to where at first, you know, in the 90s, 80s and stuff, New York had a lot of influence on a lot of rappers. But now as it's transitioning, transitioning, um, the South has a lot of influence on New York rappers too. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can't be good because after a while you struggle with identity. So in the South, a lot of people, a lot of government government artists, they work together. Um, New York is starting to get to that, but it's we still have a ways to go. New York has always been competitive, and the South has always been like just put out good music. Mm-hmm. So just being in both cities, you see that. You, I embrace both of the sides, the size of the competitiveness and the size of making just great music. So, Do you think that gives you an edge over um, other artists? Because, like, not only do you have, like, the, the sensibility of, like, let's say an outcast where outcasts, like, they will, like, just... If you notice, like, the thing is, like, there's that footage from outcasts they won album of the year at Source Awards and they got booed. And yeah. It was insane because like they were like, eh, it's all love, it's whatever, it is what it is. Like you don't have to love us, but we're gonna take over. And yeah. It's like, they kind of planted this flag in the ground. That I think right there, that at that moment right there, that shift was coming because when Andre three thousand said, "I got the South got something to say." Listen, that spoke volumes. And I feel like that's an important thing, too, because you have to speak life into your dreams, goals, and aspirations. And he spoke life into the South movement. And you see after that happened, like, you hear Outkast, the Eight Balls, MJGs, and then you had um, Suave House at one time, you had UGK, and then you had had Rap-A-Lot. And then you had No Limit, and then Cash Money came around. They just kept hitting you with hits. And then, you know, then when Lil Wayne went on his ways, and, you know, T.I. came about, and then after a while, Rick Ross just came about. It just, it just, the doors have just kept opening for them. Like, they, they kept kicking in the doors. And, you know, New York was... Um, we were still on top, but we were starting to decline because a lot of eagles was colliding with each other. So that's what really happened. You know, a lot of eagles was colliding. A lot of people was getting money in New York. So we started to decline for a minute. But, you know, the South, the South, they have it right now. Because, like I said, in some them guys, they work with each other. And they may not agree with everything that they do with each other, or they might, sometimes they might not get along, but you're not going to hear about it publicly. You're going to hear about it through, sometimes a little through internet and all the other good stuff, but, you know, that's that's my thoughts about it. And that's really well put, because 
like everything. Like, you know, I think every region, you know, has has really I think that there was a time where like the East Coast, like they they uh they held the crown, the West Coast held the crown for a little bit, the mm-hmm. South held the crown. But like then again, I feel like this crown nowadays is non existent because the internet has closed so many gaps. Like yeah. you know, how do you feel like the internet like how has the internet closed a lot of gaps for you as far as like reaching people? The well as far as me, like um the what they said ten about five, ten years ago they said the internet was gonna be the wave and it is. It you can find you it's easier now to get on being on the internet. You just have to learn how to use it to your advantage. Um I looked at an interview um with young guru one time. He was talking about how independent is gonna be the wave because after a while, it's not going to be a lot of record labels floating around. So they're doing, they're doing stuff different with these um, record labels now. So they're getting, you know, partnerships and stuff like that. But not to jump off subject, like, you, if you think about it, a lot of people have got signed just off the Internet. The biggest one that uh, that came was Soldier Boy. He got, he got famous off the Internet. Um, got a lot of buzz from the internet. He just went crazy. And then the same thing um, for a couple of R&B singers and stuff like that. But the internet is definitely a tool that you need to use. I feel like the old school, you got to do the old, you got to mix it up with the old school way too. You got to hit the streets at the end of the day. But the internet will, has been getting people faster. And some of the people that who's been in the game, they have to readjust have to use that internet as their tool because that's what it's all about. People want to see visuals. They want to see, you know, the the the, um, the face behind the music. They want to see videos. They want to keep seeing, you know, the music has been consumed a lot faster. So that's the disadvantage about the internet. You, as soon as you put it out, it's consumed faster. People want to hear something else, you know, so... You got to be able. You got to be able to be on your internet game. If you don't have a strong internet game, you need to learn. If you don't, if you refuse to learn, then <laughs> your career is only going to last but so much. It's going to be short. So, yeah, like because sustainability is probably the toughest thing in like such an industry, like especially in music. You know, like, do do you have any advice for upcoming artists as far as like navigating the waters? Um, I, my advice to all the independent artists that's coming up is to consistency is definitely the key. Um, you got to be able to work, 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 work on your craft. Do not expect for everybody to like your music. Learn to accept constructive criticism because you're going to get it. You're going to you're going to have to learn the difference between constructive criticism and just people just hating on you. They're going to hate on you when you're good. Some people might, you know, give you that constructive criticism because they want you to be better. They want you to be great. And I would say learn the business. Learn about these contracts because if you sign these contracts, some of these contracts might, they might, Put your career on a standstill if you don't read. You got to be smart. You got to move smart. 
And you got to make sure your networking game is on point, too. So that's my advice for the um, for the artists up and coming. Um, that, I feel like I'm just speaking to myself, too, you know. And lastly, don't just... Don't just put out an album. Build your audience first. Go by singles. Go by one, by one, by one. And that's where the consistency comes in. Because when you're consistent, people are going to listen to you. So that's my advice. Consistency is key. And, you know, coming up, I want to ask you, you know, like, what are the albums that you know, you came up listening to. Like, you could you could say as many as you want. Like, what what was the music you came up listening to? It could be anything. Oh, that's a good one. Um, the whole Death Jam movement around 2000, I see, I listened to Jay-Z from uh, Reasonable Doubt to In My Lifetime, Hard Not Life. Um, you, every album he put out, you name it. Of course, it was Biggie, um, Ready to Die, and you had uh, Life After Death, and then you had DMX, Dark as Hell is Hot, um, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. I remember that because he dropped two in one year, and both of them went platinum. Um, you had Method Man, you had Red Man, you had Foxy Brown. Um, I remember coming up, listening to the Outkast, drop some, and then you had Goody Mob with dropping back to back. Then you had UGK, and then you had Swab House, and then... Um, uh, I listen to a lot of people because, like I said, um, I'm originally from New York, but I, I had a part of my life, you know, down south, so you get the best of both worlds. I was fortunate to see the, the rise of No Limit and then the rise of Cash Money, too. When Juvenile came out with uh, 400 Degrees, Lil Wayne came out with Dark and Health, um, The Block is Hot, you know, and... um. It's a couple other albums that I like, too. I don't know anybody, a lot of people know about Miss J, but Miss J was big. She was with um, Timbaland and the Beat Club. That was one of my favorite albums, too. And then when 50 came out with uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, that definitely was a, um, a monumental year when he dropped that album. That album was just so dope from beginning to end. But those are my uh, albums I was uh, listening to growing up. With Get Richard Die Trying, like I think a prolific thing about that album, just like Fifty Cent, like, and I had a conversation with someone recently, just about how like Fifty Cent, like he was, you know, you talk about competition and competitiveness, like I, I think like if we, if I want to compare it to like you know a sport, like Fifty Cent was definitely dominant in that time period. I I definitely agree. I think that album was definitely ahead of its time. It was definitely ahead of his time. I, that that is a classic album, from top to bottom, to beginning to end. Like the production was dope, um, the lyrics was dope, um, everything how he put it together was just dope. So I just feel like that's definitely a, a real classic album, and I feel like that album was um, a way ahead of his time. I feel like it can be right now. You can drop that album right now. And it still be relevant to today's music. Yeah, I mean, including the production, you know, like the production, the melodic, the melodic sense, like Fifty Cent's delivery, like that kind of. It just it doesn't. 
like there is like a timeless music. Some music is timeless. Like you can't put a time period on it. Mm-hmm. Especially like uh, in the club, like that song. It doesn't matter what time. Like that song's always gonna hit. Yeah, and that and almost every Jay Z album that came out, like you just you just can't deny it because you know Jay Z was just like at the top at the top of his game, and and even now he's still at the top of his game at his age. You know, he just represents that no matter, there's no limits on music. That's why I get from Jay-Z, there's no limits on music. You can do business, you can do this, you can do that, but you still can come at, you still can go back to the music at his age, almost 150 years old and still dropping albums and stuff. So that's a, that's a good thing. That brings a lot of hope to people because, you know, in the hip-hop, they like to push you out at a certain age. So I feel like it should be no limits. So exactly. I mean, everyone has a different philosophy, you know. Like Vince Staples, I have the philosophy of he doesn't want to rap in his thirties or forties, and I'm like, I can respect that, you know. Like everyone has a different mentality, but it's like you know, for most musicians, like they're gonna go into like you know, like their their mm-hmm. fucking vocal cords are ripped apart. Yeah, you you definitely right about that one. I feel like. It's whenever you um you enter this game, I feel like you need to have you need to have something you need to get something out of it. You can't. I don't feel like you need to be rapping for. Um, yeah, I mean it's good to rap for the love, but you also want to do something that sets your family up for generations and generations, just in case they want to step into the game and they want to they want to do music too. I just feel like you have you have to be able to if you enter this game, know what you're getting into, and get out of as much as you can out of it. And um, I think yeah, that's really about it. That's really about it. that's how I really feel about it. Like legacy, I, I think you know. If like, I think a lot of musicians like they want to have, hold hold the legacy. You know, I think that's a very powerful thing because, like, even everything you just tied into, like, the concept, uh, you know, you heard, you probably heard 444 where Jay Z mm-hmm. was talking a lot about legacy and family and, like, passing down wealth. Like, what, what's, you know, you just kind of explained your take on that, but, like, I, f- I feel like when I, when I listen to me, your music, like, I, I can sense that, like, you're a long, long-term long thinker. So I want to ask you, like, what, what are your plans for the future? Like, how, how do you want to plan on, like, um, you know, just graphing out your career, like as far as like, do you have an album coming soon? Um, I have a. I won't be working on an album until the end of this year, beginning of next year. Right now, I'm just building up uh, an audience because I feel like I, that's important. I can't. Do, I did. A, I did a CD one time, and it went pretty well, but you still don't get that that recognition like you want to. So I just feel like some things you have to tablespoon, you know, the audience, get a feel of that. And this is what I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. I just want to build my audience and then drop an album because if I drop an album now, it just, it just wouldn't be the right time. And I'm in it to build a legacy. Like I want to be mentioned with, you know, the, the top rappers in the game. But I want to do it a certain way, though. You know, at the same time, I want to, I want to be able to establish a legacy. But at the same time, I want to be able to make sure my kids are set up right too. 
So it's always it's it's a lot of reasons, you know, why I do this. And then you know I have people that I remember that used to rap and they was good, it was up and coming, but you know tragedy struck. So I keep that in mind too. Is that this continue to pass the torch for the people I came up with? Um, I strive to be the best every day. Um, I always speak life into myself. And um, if you don't, you don't believe in yourself. Nobody will. So you always got to be on top of your game. Always got to be working to climb those goals and those dreams. So, but I, I'm I'm working on the legacy. I'm not. The financial gain will come, but I just do this for the love, for the culture, to build a legacy, to be mentioned as one of the greats. I know, that's really that's really beautiful and well put because it's yeah, like because it's like I think if you come into it like with the wrong like place in your heart, like the wrong place under your heart it can really like, put you in a spiral because, like, there are people, like, who give up if they're not making money in a certain time period off of music. Yeah, you're right. And the thing about it is, you know, people do it for the music, too. I mean, for the money, too. Um, But I just feel like after you get the money, where's your motivation coming from? You have to find that. Um, I do it for the love, so, and I know the money is going to come. You just got to keep doing what you do. You got to, like I said, be consistent and just make some great music. That's really what it's all about. And you don't have to, you just be you. You don't have to be the most lyrical person. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it just takes that you know how to put a song together. And that's really what it's about these days, putting together some great music. And just be, just creating your own lane. You don't got to be like nobody else. Just be yourself. And don't be talking about stuff that you don't know about. Just, just leave that alone. Just be yourself at the end of the day, and you'll definitely go far. Yeah. Thank you, Yeah, no, Thank you. I think that was like that's a sound bite right there. That's what I'm thinking. That's gonna be a snippet to promote this. Um, yeah, no, that's an inspirational speech right there, bro. Shit. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Might, might have to write that one down later. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I dig that. No, like, like I said, um, I think like, in the case, you know, just being an artist, like, yeah, like it's like that realization that the money is going to come, but if you love it, it's like it's going to be tenfold, you know, like loving the actual craft. It's like, cause, like Michael Jordan, like he didn't, like you look at someone like Michael Jordan, like, like yeah, sure he got he made a lot of money, but like he was obsessive. Like, exactly. He's an obsessive person, like so. Um, very, very competitive. <laughs> very, very, very. It goes back. It goes back to competition, like you know, craft and competition. I think like that. This is a good theme, you know, like that we have going here. So, you know, but I have to ask you this, like, since you have such perspective on music. You have to. What is? What does your uh, top five look like? Um, my top five. Number one, I definitely have Jay Z on there. Like Jay is definitely um an inspiration in my life. That's just part of my come up. Like growing up, I've grown up listening to Jay Z. Like from Reasonable Doubt 
all the way on to last album he dropped four four four. So I I I, I it's not a Jay Z album have I never copped. Um number two to me I would say Biggie because Biggie had a Biggie just really had a gift. And I and I feel like this too. I don't mean to get off subject, but I feel like this too. You gotta give people their flowers while they're alive, not when they're dead. Because Biggie was definitely ahead of his time. He only got like he only had three albums, but four, four, four albums. But he should have had more. Had he be alive, he'd probably be up there with Jay Z, maybe better. So, um, my third for me. I really uh you uh me see number three. I would say Eminem is definitely in there because def- Eminem has definitely set the bar when it comes to lyrical content. He definitely has set the bar. I definitely he just outwraps anybody that comes in his way. His his it's just like destroy. Destroy, destroy, destroy. And I hate for anybody to be on a song with Eminem, I think they're going to come out on top. <laughs> I just don't see it. I just, you know, you got to get credit when credit is due. So, uh, for me, number four is definitely, for me, Big L. Big L was definitely one of the one of the, the, the dopest MCs to this ever just touch the mic. Coming out of Harlem, and he used to be with uh, Kim and Mace or Children of the Corn, and um, it was just had he just had that he just rawness. He just told about the streets of Harlem. He just had that local aspect. He actually battled Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? And Jay Z just knew that he was just that dude. He just it was, it was crazy. And um, my last one, what I would say is a uh, big pun. Big Pun was another one who was uh, definitely ahead of his time. Um, the, the lyrical aspect was definitely there. Um, catalog was crazy. He just knew how to make hits. And, you know, he was uh, he was Puerto Rican, so he always he mixed in, you know, his lyrical content with his his background of being Puerto Rican, and you know, it was just that all that flavor right there. So. Yeah, that's definitely my top five. Jay Z, uh, Jay Z, Eminem, Big Pun, Big L, and uh, Biggie. Those are my top five. No, I think you just probably like set a gold standard. I mean, like, like I said, everyone like my music's subjective and everything, but like, yeah, that's pretty much. I like, guess kind of a, how my top five looks for the most part. It's like because it's, it's always alternating, but. You know, that's the thing, like, with, with especially, like, Big Pun, like, I, th- I think Big Pun is, like, sad because I feel like when he first came out, like, I don't think his music was, like, he had, don't get me wrong, he had a hit. I just mm-hmm. feel like his album was slept on for a little bit. It, it definitely was because he put out, put out three good albums before he passed away, and it was just like, like I said, you got to give your flowers when you're alive, not when you're dead. Like his, all three of his albums, though, and um, there was very slept on, and 
that just that's how music is. Like people just don't appreciate it until they passed on. You can play big pun today and it still will be relevant. You know, you can play Jay Z, he's relevant. You can play Eminem, he still be relevant. You know, you can play Biggie, he still be relevant. Like you play a you play a Biggie track in the club right now, like they'll go crazy. So it's all about timeless music. Like, and that's why I feel like they um they are my top five. Like the top, like you said, the top five is going to be shuffled around a lot because you have a lot of great artists. You had you had Pac, you had Nas, you know, you had you had um you had Outkast too. You you separate them like Andre three thousand. Like he, you can throw him in the top because he was definitely on there. And then you can throw Big Boy too because both of them is just like their lyrical. Their lyrical content is crazy. They can battle any. I feel like they can really battle. They can keep up with people in New York. So that's how dope they have. And at the same time, they make great music. They can, you know what I'm saying, come in the box. They can go outside the box. So, you know, it's just, it's just so many ways you can put it. You know, it's, it's crazy. So, Yeah, it's withstanding the test of time. That's what it's truly about. Definitely. Well, I, I just want to say, you know, thank you uh, just just for coming on the show, and, you know, representing. And, um, you know, like, I, I, got, I have to ask you, you know, because uh, I'm a foodie. Uh, I'm, I'm a fucking legit foodie. Like, I, I'm, mm. I, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm like, because I've heard, like, I'm, this This is no offense to New York, but I heard New York, like, they they like they're, they have, like, a Dunkin' Donuts, and they don't have a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that. Like, because I'm wondering, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' Donuts is definitely standing in New York, man. Like, you're not... Krispy Kreme doesn't really exist. Well, even though it doesn't exist, it needs to exist. Krispy Kreme is definitely some better donuts. You know, even though I'm from New York and I done, you know, I've been down south, like, Krispy Kreme really got some big, big donuts. You know, they got... You know, and I feel like the Dunkin' Donuts down south, they don't really, they're not compared anything to the one up top because, you know, some of them, some, sometimes them donuts be dry, you know. I'm just going to be real, it's just probably dry, but Krispy Kreme is just, like, out of this world good, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts is definitely expanded up in New York from New York all the way up, Boston, Rhode Island, wherever you want to go in Northeast. It's, that's the standard. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know what it is? I think it's because it goes with the coffee better. I think Duncan might go with coffee, but, like, I guess, like, for me, like, from parent quality, you know. Yeah. I, I just I just had to ask because I'm like, wait, New York doesn't even have a Krispy Kreme? What the? Like, that's what, that's nah, we're just now getting Chick-fil-A up here. Like, it's a lot of things that is now coming up there because we have so many. It's just so many varieties. We have, you can go to anywhere in the boroughs. You can get some good. Uh, Dominican food, you can get good Jamaican food, you can get good Indian food, you can get all these type of cultures, all this type of food, even Chinese food and stuff like that. So, like, something like uh, Krispy Kreme coming up there is new to somebody in New York because they that's never heard, that's not heard of. It's not heard of at all. So, you know, I mean, you know, that's that's the balance of just being from New York, and then most some of you, like part of your upbringing is is 
Atlanta. So you, you get to see the dynamics of both worlds. So it, it, and it's two totally different worlds. But <laughs> I, got, I, got, I just have two more questions. One of them is you, you're a, if you could, uh, let's say I was going to travel to Atlanta and New York, give me two rec, uh, restaurant recommendations, one for Atlanta and one for New York. Like what? What are, what are the places I need to go? All right. Uh, let me think about that because there's so many things you can do in Atlanta. Like Atlanta is definitely a. I feel like it's the wing capital. So you definitely got to get you some wings. You definitely got to get some wings when you come down there because yo, know, the wings be good down here. I ain't. I can't front. Um, a restaurant you would love to go to. It's hard because there's so many. Like, if you go downtown, they have so many different type of restaurants. I can't really say so many off the head, but they got a lot of good restaurants uh, between the downtown area. You have to go. If you go to Atlanta, make sure you go downtown because that's where they have all the small restaurants and spots. But for me, I like, I go. I like to go to. Um, if you ever go to Atlanta, visit. Remember, low five points. Write it down. Whatever you got to do, remember low five points. Because low five points is definitely not only just. It's it's culture right there. It's they got a lot of good food. You can get some good music down there, and um, anytime anything happens, New York, you can definitely go to. Any Jamaican spot is good. Um, I'm a pizza head, so I love pizza. You know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely going to the pizza shop, definitely when I first get up there. That's just automatic. As soon as I hop off the train, I'm getting a slice of pizza. That's the thing right there. Like any pizza shop in New York you go to, yo, go to one. You is you won't be disappointed. Trust me. <laughs> And uh yeah, yeah, that's about it. I can't really, I can't really describe like one spot, one favorite, because I got a lot of good places, a lot of places that I like to go when I'm in New York and when I'm back in Atlanta. But <laughs> next time I do it, that's time I talk to you, I have them. They got a lot of them. They got good vegan spots. They got vegetarian spots. They got everything. So it's just hard. <laughs> but. No, I'm definitely, if I come down, I may, might have to hit up a pizza joint because I know New York holds the crown, so I'll give them that. Yeah. New York holds the crown for pizza. Uh, I'll, I'll, i got to <laughs> give you guys that. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. You won't be disappointed, trust me. It's a, it's a, it'd be a, it's a few in Atlanta that's, that make you, okay, this can be, this is close to home, but it's just that. It's just not that same feeling that you just go New York back home and you're going to get a slice. It's a way different feeling. Trust me. You, it's a way different feeling. It's just, it's just like a different comparison because, like, well, probably, yeah. you're getting the culture of New York in that pizza. Uh, <laughs> you can, plus, I heard, like, like New York, like, the dough is better because of the water. I don't know. I've heard some things. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of theories, but <laughs> yeah. I've heard a lot of theories. But just, just one, just uh, one more question, you know. Just, just uh, coming out, like since you are a New Yorker, I mean, you know, like you, since you, like, you have like this is one more New York related question, like 
if you could get in the studio with any New York producer specifically, who would it be? If I can get in there with any New York producer. I right now, um, if I can get in there with I like Havoc from Avi. If I can get in there with him, it it'll be it'll definitely be dope. Um that's that's big that's probably one of them. That's definitely my one of my top five. Havoc from Avi. Okay, I gotta give you that. Rest in peace, Prodigy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's been gone for some time, but just want to throw that out there because it's like, man, like the way he would do to those beats. Great. <laughs> well, rest in peace to the legends. But I just yeah. want to say, thank, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for breaking down, like, you know, the spots I, I need to hit up when, whenever I travel to ATL in New York. Uh, thanks for telling me about your influences, you know, favorite music, you know, the advice you gave. I think, you know, I think I said, like I said, man, I feel like, you know, with you and like a lot of the, the crew I've interviewed so far, you know, all, all of you are on, all of you are on like a strong path. So it's like, I feel like with the mentality you have, you're going to be like very successful. Man, thank you. I really appreciate you, man. I really appreciate you having me on your show, man. And, Yo, whenever I get some more music, I can come back. You know, if you invite me back, you know, I definitely would appreciate it. I definitely would come back and do it again. So, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, whenever you, uh, you know, like I said, next year when you drop your album, we'll stay in touch. That way uh, we could do a breakdown, you know, for it. You know, you could talk about some of the album, let the people know, like, you know, the meaning behind some of the records when the time comes. But that's in the future. Gotcha. Yeah, we can do that. I'm looking forward to it, so... Uh, well, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, like I said, have a great day. And, uh, oh, before you go, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Okay. Patchy is TopicNYC underscore federal. That is TopicNYC underscore federal. Um, Facebook, you can find me on, I have my own page, um, Topic dash, um, type it, hop, <clears throat> excuse me, Topic hyphen NYC. Um and on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash topic NYC. And those are things you can find me. Twitter coming soon. I gotta redo my Twitter, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get up my Twitter and uh I'd be able to be on there so but that that's going that's that's where you can find me at. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I wish you a good day and uh shit, you make me want to go grab a slice, so I think I might do that later. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy your day. You enjoy your day too, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, take care, man. Peace. All right, peace.